Question one. Question one. <laughs> My understanding is that the ruler of this level, Kalnarenjan, lives off the fear and death of all the creatures who exist here. This current health challenge we're all experiencing seems very well designed to induce fear, and it also takes the lives of a certain number of people who contract it. Fear and death. My understanding is also that Cal works towards a balance of all things, and that it's sort of an obsession with him. After this gorging of fear and death for him, will there also be as intense a period of love and life to balance out the nightmare we're all passing through? Good question. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I would say that uh, hopefully people will learn a lot through all of this and maybe some changes will take place in people's consciousness and the way that they approach the world and take action in the world. But uh, I have no idea. A lot of people will probably just go back into their old patterns very quickly and not do change. But I'm hoping that this is the beginning of change through change in many ways on the planet. And I think it will be to some extent, if not grandiose, definitely I think there'll be change through change in some ways. I don't know that it's gonna be all peaceful and loving. That's not the way of the world. It, it, the world is what it is and does what it does. And it just continues living the same old patterns. It's up to us to rise above all these patterns and not get caught up in them and not live them, but rather live the truth of who we are and the loving and be the loving in the world as best we can uh, and, and have the impact on people that we can uh, through that loving. But I don't, I don't really see this as the big moment where peace and loving and all that's going to come out of all this in a greater way. I think it's going to make people think, though, and I think that out of that thinking, they will learn how to approach things maybe somewhat different. The perspective I would uh, go with that, uh, just one, just for some people, if they don't know, the when we use uh, Cal Narenjin, that's the uh, Indian or Hindu name for um, Lucifer or Satan or the devil, if you want to call it that. Or It literally means the negative power. And so I want to address it from that perspective of the negative and the positive. So in this world, there's often what's referred to as a Christ or Antichrist. It's another way of saying positive, negative. When you start to enter in and use the words such as love or peace or joy, those are really qualities of spirit. They're not the positive of this world. And it's important to understand that that when we talk about positive, um, the way Jim and I have shared it here, a positive, negative, and the duality of the world of magnetism, that's different than when we talk about the spiritual qualities of God, such as loving. And so it's important to understand that. When I know, I know kind of what you're speaking of when you talk about love and peace, and there's been talked or foretold about a thousand years of peace, you know, after all the, if you want to say the Antichrist raising or all the negativity, that 
unfortunately, is a mistaken interpretation of a spiritual teaching. The thousand years of peace is really more uh, symbolic of um, inner symbolism of the crown chakra, is often referred to as the thousand-petaled lotus. And so the mind of man has misinterpreted that, just like the mind always does, as a thousand years of peace, where the crown chakra is where we, in our upwards focus, want to awaken to. So as we awaken here to the thousand-petaled lotus, that's really about the soul's inner journey of waking up to the peace on the inner levels. It's not about a thousand years of peace physically. And that's a big one most people don't understand or are very, very misinformed. This physical creation by itself was created out of the Lord of Reflection called Calderon Jenner Lucifer. It will never come to a true state of balance. Lucifer will always keep a level of imbalance. That's his job. Because if it comes to balance, that's when it can all be lifted and completed. Which eventually does happen, but that's not Lucifer doing it. It's through the souls or the action of God loving and the souls focusing back to God that pulls it all back into itself. Just like the Big Bang and the creation came to be, well, as the souls remove themselves out of here, well, it's us, the souls, that have created now here. And so as we remove ourselves out of here, all that that is the illusion and the reflection of Lucifer will be brought back to that point where people would call it homeostasis, but what it really is is that now this creation is being dissolved. It's not really a state of balance. And maybe this can be hard to understand or maybe the way we shared in the past um, when we speak of balance. The way I've tried to speak of balance is when we can bring the feminine and masculine or the positive na nature, negative nature inside of us to a point of balance. It's really bringing it more to our center so that we, the souls, those of us on this path of liberation, can come into our center to now transcend it. I wasn't speaking of this whole creation. I was talking about the individual themselves when they come into a place of balance, at least for a moment, to go into the center and then transcend the polarity. So the nature of this creation that Lucifer's created is one of always the negative power. It's never going to be truly in a state of balance because if it were that wouldn't have the magnetic quality that would entrap the souls here. It would, in a sense, uh, defeat its own purpose and come into a place of dissolution. And that's something Lucifer doesn't really want because then he loses control through fear, in the fear of death, in that way. And just as you heard me sharing earlier, and how it's always taught on the pathway, death itself is an illusion. Death is really the release of the soul's bondage, whatever level, whether it's the soul dying literally, I mean the body dying and the soul releasing from that, or the soul releasing different karmic patterns and those patterns dying off. It's all a death is a letting go, so the soul can now awaken more to its true nature and knowing of itself. So, when we speak of death in that way, most people look at it as a negative. Death is not a negative. And so when we talk about the negative power, 
or Lucifer feeding on fear and death, that's part of the illusion that confuses people. When we really begin to look at it from the spiritual perspective that we're trying to share here and the spiritual teachers teach about that death is an illusion, that is to help people understand for the soul's awakening to life eternal because the soul is forever where this physical level is temporary where death is involved. So we're speaking of two different things. Death and fear is part of this physical creation of the negative power. Love, peace, eternal life is of the spiritual creation. They are two different creations. So you can't, you can't really tie them together. And that's important to understand. So when we're going to transcend this level, as Jim said, to rise above it all. All the time you'll hear us talk about rising above it, rising because what we're doing on soul transcendence and our meditation action is literally rising above the negative creation and back into the spiritual, the true eternal one. That's neither negative or positive. So when you ask the questions of fear and death and positive negative here on a horizontal level dealing with the physicality, that's a very different question or a different, you're going to get a different answer if that's what we're talking about with magnetism. So it's important to understand that. So this time of what we're going through, as Jim was just sharing, that maybe and hopefully we'll come to greater understanding and hopefully make wiser choices. But again, why hope, why wish on humanity at large? Why not just work on your own? Those of you that are listening, those out in the world that are truly working on themselves and trying to wake up and do greater good, that's how it works. It's not through humanity at large. That's where everybody gets in trouble and causes more problems is when they try to change humanity at large. Then we're back in the battle and struggle trying to control others to make them do what we think is right. And that's the real negative, if you want to put it that way, because anytime there's any kind of control or expectation involved to get people to do something that they don't want to do, positive or negative, it's going to create the state of imbalance. And if you've noticed in this world, even with the people you love the most, think about that. If you can't get along with the people you love and care about the most, how do you think the world's going to get along with people who can't even stand each other? I don't care how much people talk about light and love and happiness and peace and all that. Think about the reality in your own life when you are in a peaceful, loving, happy place in trying to get along with people. You may have a temporary few hours, if you're lucky, at the longest before you get irritated and reactive with somebody or a few days, which I don't know if that's possible here, <laughs> unless you're in a retreat or a meditation that long. So it's good to really look at the, I'm going to call it the reality of the situation, even though we use the word illusion here in this world, and to really look at the interpretations that people have put on these things over the ages and what we're expecting. The key thing that is always taught on this path of sun and light, God is a spirit, so we have to go into spirit, not only to worship God, but to truly be with God, to go home. 
That's the only place where there's really true peace and loving. That does not exist in this physical creation. So don't look for it in this physical creation. There can be temporary hiatuses from war and all that goes with that. People may call it, you know, times of peace, but there's always war and, you know, famine and whatever you want to call it going on at the planet at any time. It's never crossed the whole thing. So I know I'm talking a lot and my answer may seem long-winded, but I, I really want everybody to understand the different perspectives that questions like this have to be answered from because spiritually answering is very different than physically answering. They're two completely different things. So concern yourself with going home to God in spirit if you want peace and love. If you're trying to create it in the world, good luck. It doesn't exist here. The peace and love you know that you even think is in the world is within yourself. That's where that's coming from. It doesn't come from the world. And that's the reality we're going to have to soon embrace or accept the truth of how that works if we're going to have any peace at all. But again, that's really within the individual and the choices they make for themselves, regardless of the world at large. Lucifer will try to get the world at large to do what it does. That's how it always creates a state of imbalance through chaos to keep it going. So we hope gave you enough information to answer your question, but at the same time, I feel like it's not answering it. And to me, the reason why I feel like it's not answering it, because I can feel it energetically, is because as long as we have an expectation that we want it to be a certain way physically, that it's just never going to be that way, that there's a part of us that just doesn't want to accept that. Even the phrase, with God, all things are possible, with God. So we've got to go be with God to have all things possible. Not here in the physical level that this level is part of Lucifer in the land of reflection. That's a whole different thing. It's with God, all things are possible. Not with Lucifer, all things are possible. With Lucifer, all things are impossible. <laughs> but that's the way he wants it because that's what always how he tricks the souls and keeps the games going so that they bow down and worship him and stay caught up in the land of polarity rather than truly letting go of the games because we refuse to believe that we can't have that love and peace here in this, in this world. And so I'll leave it at that for now. Okay, this individual has a question and two dreams. The question is, am I loving myself when I focus on the seat of the soul? Yes. <clears throat> That's what it's all about. When we come here, we move beyond all the illusion and into the reality. And the reality is loving. And then in loving is everything. So yes, when we focus here, we're focusing into the loving. Because truly the only self-love there is, is the soul. When we talk about self-love, where does love come from but the soul? We should call it soul love, to be honest with you. It's not self-love. It's really soul love because it's only the soul that is love. And it's wherever we focus, 
that loving, you could call it self-love, if we focus the soul into these other areas of self. So it's the soul loving the self. And that's the reality we need to recognize. Because when we come to the soul, we are in loving. That's the soul's loving. That's why I was trying to share earlier what the self is on this level and then the soul. Self-realization, soul-realization. This is soul-realization. When we come to soul-realization that who we are is loving, then wherever we focus that loving, loving is. So if we focus that loving into self, that is loving self. But self here is the ego. But the soul, coming from the soul, directing the loving into self, is quite often how we work the LAF process. And it is through that loving, directing through all the levels of self, mind, emotion, imagination, body, that opens the doors to release the attachments and karmic patterns we've been hung up on in self. So soul's love is directed into self. Loving of self opens the doors, releases, dissolves the karmas, lets the soul that has been caught up in there come back up here until it's full and complete that the love of the I am that I am is restored so that the soul is free and complete through the loving action of self and then it's free to go. That's the real action of self-love or love of self of what we're doing here in ILM. I know it can be confusing at times because just like Jim's sharing today about you know, through the mind. It can never be done through the mind, but when we're still waking up and in a sleep to the truth of the soul, we'll do things through our mind. And that's just how it goes. But eventually the mind opens enough to allow more of the love of the soul through. As the mind, as we choose loving and awaken to the soul, the mind is kind of the rudder. It steers which direction. Energy follows thought. So if we focus the mind and the soul, we awaken the soul. And if we focus the mind down in the world, we awaken to those things in the world. So the more we can focus the mind up into the soul, it opens the door for the loving to come in and then we direct where that loving goes. And that's what really makes a difference. The more we can do that, the more as that loving pours in, it'll bring awareness, understanding, and knowing to a lot of what the mind has been questioning or trying to understand and discover how it works. But that's the difference here. Most places that deal with, like building self-esteem, self-confidence, all these things of self, those are usually actions done through the mind and emotions. The difference on a spiritual pathway like what we're doing here is that we're rising above all of that we're building love of self and automatically self-esteem, self-confidence, all these other things people are trying to do through personal growth, those are natural byproducts that just happen through the action, through the soul of self-love or love of self. And therein is the biggest difference and why we're not a personal growth pathway doing just the LAF action um, and in personal growth or psychological circles. 
But yet, when people take the LAF that we do, they find it very effective. But that effectiveness comes because we're doing it from the place of soul rather than the mind or the emotions, just trying to improve our state of being. And therein is what makes the difference. Okay, so the first dream she had, had the first dream I had two times. I'm on a country road in a ditch there was a brown cow laying down and a white cow with black spots was standing nearby. It was calming, then I woke up. The next dream I had on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. I had given birth to a boy. I wasn't carrying around a baby. It was just that I had given birth. And then I was looking for the calendar for when I gave the birth. Celebrations were happening all around me. There were lots of people. Then I saw past President Obama, and he came over to me, and there was another man with him, and then I woke up. Um, You want me to start? Yeah. I'm going to start at the second dream. The, the second dream is, is about the beginning of the soul awakening. The whole, what I just shared today about the birth of the Christ, being born again, that's the birth that's taking place. And when we have something like with the president, that's acknowledging that, that greater state of being. The president can often represent the higher being that we could call God or some master or some higher state of beingness or higher state of consciousness that is presidential, kingly. And that's, that's the soul level. So that dream is really more about the beginning of awakening to the soul. So having just given birth to that is now just letting you know that you're beginning to really wake up to your soul consciousness. So that's, that's the celebration. That's why there was a celebration, because, believe me, when a soul is being born again or spiritually waking up, there's a great celebration that takes place. So I probably should have finished with that, but um, going to the first one, um, I'm probably going to ask for your help on that, because I'm not totally clear with the cows because there's often things known as sacred cows and holy cow. Or I was going to say with the brown cow, what is that? Here now, brown cow. <laughs> How now, brown cow? So to me, uh, the car going off the road into the ditch is, is, is going off track. In other words, that's what our karmas do. Our karmas pull us off track. If we're on a spiritual pathway, a spiritual road in our car, do you want to reread it? Yeah, she didn't. Okay, you want to reread it? Yeah, let me reread it. She was just laying in, in a ditch. ditch. I'm on a country road in a ditch. So I'm on a country road in a ditch. There was the... Sorry, there's no periods. and It's hard to read sometimes. <laughs> on a country road in a ditch, there was their brown cow laying down. I think she's saying there was a brown cow laying down in the ditch. So to, mm. to me, that brown cow represents one of the sacred cows in the ditch, which to me is part of um, the karmas of the world 
that we have to walk through that eventually, in a sense, those are the areas where we get stuck, we get hung up, we go off track, off the road, into the ditch. That's what I was, basically the, the message is the same, what I'm trying to share here, whether, regardless if you're in a car or walking or anything. is It's just to me saying that the, the karma is now in your face. It's up because now you're aware of it, which to me says you're getting it complete and done now with whatever that sacred cow was within your consciousness. Whatever that represented, whether it was karmas around money or relationships or jobs or careers or family, those cows can represent basically any karmic pattern. And then as we transform them, then go ahead, read the next part of it then. And a white cow with black spots was standing nearby. It was calming. Then I woke up. So that's the transformation. So brown to me is like of the earth, dirt. It's like part of the earth. That's our, that's our physicality, the karma. When it's transformed into white, to me that's saying that it is now spiritualized. And the black spots is just letting you know that's still part of the world. But to me, what that is saying is that the white cow is this, it's the spiritual transformation of the karmas that you're dealing with in the world. And the reason why it brought peace, well, that's what happens. When we really handle the karma and have learned the lesson, peace always is a state uh, of, I, what do you want to call it, a state of being that comes out of really completing some karmas. So to me, that's what that would represent. What would oh, you have to well, say? That makes very good sense, yeah. And then a plug for the monthly focus. She said, thank you very much for the monthly focus on loving myself for March. I have explored many ways to love myself. I find the monthly focus profound in many ways. Very good. Well, I, did, I not only want to say thank you, but I appreciate even your descriptive terms of profound because the, a lot of you actually are doing the monthly focus. And I, I must say, it's nice to see that because I cannot stress enough how important not only doing the meditation is on a daily basis, but how important it is to engage ourselves actively with the spiritual teachings. This is the threefold path. Meditation, Self-study and service. Meditation is number one. Number two is self-study. The monthly focus is all about, well, one, part of the homework every month is always meditation. But the self-study, that's why there's different quotes, which are different teachings, the spiritual teachings that we need to take and apply to have our own experience. Those teachings are there to serve us on our journey of learning and growth and awakening because we need to learn the karmic lessons just like the cow dream. That's a great example. When we are learning our lessons by applying the spiritual teachings, we will literally have dreams and inner experiences like the one just shared to demonstrate, even though it's symbolic, I know it's hard to learn or know the symbols sometimes, but even though it's symbolic, that is directly showing the progression, the learning, the growth that is going on on our spiritual journey. Just like the road, it's a pathway. We're going towards a certain destination, and then along that journey, we have our experiences, which like the cows represent, or however it looks. That's just one of millions of ways 
that we can have symbols um, that show the unfolding learning through the journey of our soul. So that monthly focus is so important to engage with because by us engaging, it directly now gets us actively participating in fulfilling our karmas or learning our lessons. That's what we have to do if we are going to get liberated. If we're just going about this, not engaging, not paying attention, not doing the self-study or really learning, then we're just being unconscious. And if we're, doing, if we're not doing that and not doing the meditation, I don't even know why you'd even be following this pathway then, to be honest with you. I would hope everybody's doing at least some meditation and doing some self-study, at the least. And then, of course, service. But the service really is to support you on your journey. That's why we say the first service is to yourself with your meditation and your self-study. And then once you're really fulfilling that, then giving of the overflow by serving others. But you don't hear us talk a lot about serving others because we know most people aren't doing the first service to themselves first. And that's why we only talk about it here and there. So thank you for that monthly focus plug. It is very important, and I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad to see so many people actually participating in it because it's a big part of the journey. I had a dream where I saw myself and felt what is happening at the same time, too. As I cut myself with a knife in my left hand, at my thigh, cut through at my artery, and there was blood everywhere, fresh and red, probably fresh and red. And I felt little weakness and was out of my body. I woke up immediately afterwards. What could this mean? I would say that it's trying to let you know that you're not the body. <clears throat> you're beyond the body. The body was being cut and there was blood, but after that you rose up above all that to realize who you really are, which is spirit. So I think it's a way that spirit is trying to let you see who you really are, not the body, but the spirit. Oh, I could she always say more, but sometimes better to leave it. <laughs> well, she goes on to say more. Maybe that'll okay. be more. I have deep worries and anger about how politicians handle, not handle the situation in my country, in Hungary. I feel like I want to leave this country immediately, but obviously I can't. I'm doing the LAF and giving everything up to God, but the feeling stays. Is there anything else I can do, or does it support me to really move out, move out of here? Probably it will take three to five months until this coronavirus situation settles down everywhere. So, How am I going to handle this? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to answer it now. So the thing that's so important to understand for everybody doesn't matter what country you're in, what state, what region, what whatever sector anywhere on this planet or another planet or another realm for that matter. If we're in reaction 
That's letting us know we have lessons there. It's time to start looking at the lessons behind the reactions, not about what's going on in the world around you. The world around you is the reflection that is serving you that if you would look to what it is you're reacting to and look for the lesson in that is where you're finally going to learn and grow and get free. Moving away from it won't do you a goddamn thing to get free of it. And I'm saying this with energy because I feel a lot of anger behind it. And to be quite frank, I'm sick and tired of these types of questions and anger that I've heard over and over and over for decades now. Stop doing this wherever you're at. Start learning and growing no matter what fucking country you're in and learn the lessons. If you're on the spiritual pathway, it's time to get serious with doing the spiritual pathway and stop making it about the outer. As long as you keep doing that, you might as well just go full force into it and forget about God and doing spirit and go get involved in politics and right-wing, left-wing causes in the world to get it done because that's what you're actually doing. You're better off going getting fully involved and physically getting the karma done than to play the pseudo-spiritual physical crap. You're hurting yourself and everybody else you run this on. So at some point it's time to give it up and make a choice. Are you going for God or are you gonna go for the world? Because that's what you're up against. And when it's gone on this many years, it's going to break you or you're going to break it. So it comes to a choice point at some point. And it's up to you to make that choice. So start looking at this and stop making it about the world. I hate to say it, but you all over there have been doing this, many of you, for many, many, many years. And at some point, it's time to just accept and realize you are where you're at for a reason. And until you accept that and learn from it, you're going to always be stuck no matter where you're at. I don't care if you're over there or in some other country. You're going to face the same thing. This is about the soul's liberation, not about what country you live in. This is about your state of being not about what state you live in. So start looking at this from the spiritual perspective. If you're really doing what we're teaching and sharing here, start doing it in earnest. Start looking at it and doing the self-study. What is the lesson here for you? Start asking yourself, what am I here to learn? What is this here to teach me? But if all you do is go into reaction, you're just running judgment and fear, you're trying to control and manipulate, and you're acting like a little child who's throwing a tantrum not getting what you want. Start looking at all those reactions that you're doing and start learning from it. Because obviously it's not working because it hasn't changed what you're doing or have been doing over all these years. 
this is up to you, and I'm saying it the way I'm saying it, and I'm sorry if it bothers you, but the reason I'm doing it this way because sometimes things need to be said in a while that really strike a chord inside of us that either get us angry or upset or hurt, but that's why I'm delivering the message this way because sometimes that's what it takes to finally shake us awake to call our attention. So if you feel hurt by what I'm saying, Look at your hurt, because therein lies your healing. If you're angry from the way I'm saying this and what I'm saying, look at your anger and look at what that's there to teach you. That's what you're going to have to do sooner or later and work with the LAF to start to love and accept and forgive. Not the people out in the world causing whatever they're causing, but looking at yourself with what you're causing in yourself by choosing to react and respond the way you are. And this is what we all have to do. It's what we all have to do. It doesn't matter if it's this situation or just a family situation or a work situation. If any of us have these types of thoughts and feelings, those thoughts and feelings, reactions we have, are the very indicators that are there to serve us to learn our lessons, but we're not going to learn them until we really look within ourselves. So use your hurt and your anger for your advantage to let it get you so riled up and enthusiastic, you're finally going to do something about it that's going to help you spiritually liberate your soul because that's what it's meant to do. But you have got to direct it that way and let it serve you by you getting the lesson out of this. And there's nothing greater. That's what it is all to service for. Everything, every country, every war, every hurtful thing this world has ever done and always will do because it's just part of like the question earlier about the negative power will always stir that until we finally learn the lesson there. So start spending more time with rather trying to get out of the country to start looking at of how to get into yourself and learn the lesson that it is inside of you. Because I'll tell you what, when you get that lesson learned and you get that answered in you, you're not going to care about what country you live in or where you're at you'll realize you could be in a jail cell and be innocent of all crimes, but yet accused of everything, and you could be spiritually liberated. And that's why I get upset and tired of hearing all this kind of stuff about moving out of countries and whatever. Because that has nothing to do with your spiritual liberation. Let me know when you want to really work on getting spiritually liberated and we'll have a different conversation. Unless you want to keep going down this route, you're going to get the same kind of answer from me. Because I'm a mean son of a bitch when it comes to worldly questions. <laughs> and I would just say, you can't get away from your lessons. So you could move to a different country, but you're still going to have the same lessons coming at you maybe different in a way of approach, but they're going to come at you because those are your lessons to learn. So stay put, 
learn the lesson and learn the lesson of loving, learn the lesson of forgiveness, learn the lesson of neutrality, learn the lesson of allowing others to live their life the way they're going to and you live your life your way. And I can't say any country that you could go to that you're not gonna have the same lessons hitting at you once again. There, it's every country, everywhere. There's people that are happy with the government. There's people that hate the government. And it just always is that way. It's the way of the world, positive, negative, positive, negative, swinging back and forth. So I would say stay put, learn the lesson, and, and stop judging it, stop hating it, stop running away from it, stop trying to avoid it, look at it all, and send your loving to them, and send that grace to them that they might come into alignment with that flow of loving that will serve people, everyone, in a better way, rather than just the few. So that's what I'm gonna say. I was taking notes. That was really good. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> I'm not really a mean son of a bitch. I just try to act that way once in a while, just to make a point. <laughs> point made. <laughs> All right, moving on. In my meditation, I asked to see the face of God, and God, God this answer, God said this answer, Look at your own face and your own stuff. I guess that's the answer, question mark. That's true, because God dwells here, the seat of the soul. So what God is saying is, look inside yourself first and see that first level of God. This is where you first meet up with God, right here. And when you see, you know, years ago I used to do in retreats, the many faces of God. And really and truly, if you look around the world... Is that many faces or many faces? Many. <laughs> Multitudes. They're little mini faces. Oh, no, there's lots of them. Many of them, right? And so <laughs> I did that because I was trying to help people realize that everywhere you look is God. God is in every one. And if we can look into ourselves and really get to the seat of the soul, we can begin to see the face of God right there. We don't have to go into the spiritual realms to see God. God is right here, and God will show up, and you will know God at that level without having to go way, way away. And even though God may have a still, small voice, he's not many-faced. <laughs> oh, boy, we're losing it now. Well, it would make sense, wouldn't it? If God's got a still small voice, he'd come out of a mini face. <laughs> if he had a big face, it'd be a big voice, right? That's your world. <laughs> okay, so second part of this sharing. It is very hard when I know I need to make a change in my life, but I'm not there yet, as change hasn't happened and still love myself for where I am now, suggestions? Change doesn't just happen. <laughs> we have to make change happen. 
we have to make new choices, we have to take new actions to bring about change. If we're going to sit around and wait for change to happen, it isn't. Because the world stagnates, the world stays the same. The same thing happens over and over, it's repetition, and that's what the world is. So we have to make the change. We have to choose off the beaten track and do something different. So if you want change in your life, make change in your life. Just like we changed the positioning of his microphone, we had to do something. We can't just wait for it to change. <laughs> I don't know where he's at, but oh boy. It was that, though, all that energy in answering that one question. <laughs> I've got to release it now. All this anger and frustration. That's all it is. This is pent-up energy. And actually, that's a good one to finish up on that other question. A lot of anger is just pent-up energy. It's frustration of energy wanting to be expressed and moved. Mm -hmm. And that's why eventually we need to really direct it towards spirit to create the interchange. So that, that's, that's really what all that energy is. So when you see me joking and laughing, that, that's because I literally feel that energy all pent up. And this is, this is why you'll see me do what I've done. It's a way I, I have found when I get kind of silly, joking, playful like this, like I've been doing with Jim the last couple minutes, that's my way of handling when I feel that type of energy that's pent up because it can be, that energy can be very damaging and destructive if we let it back up on ourselves. So I try to find a more productive, playful way to help move it because it helps to release that energy that does have a negativity to it. But we can make, just like changes, we can make positive changes. We can express even the negative energy. Energy is energy, neither positive or negative. It's what we put on it, positive or negative. So we have a choice there. That's why I wanted to express what seemed like negative or a mean son of a bitch when I said that. And then when you just saw me being silly, joking around, playful, some people might call that positive. So I, I do that on purpose because I want people to see a demonstration of how you can take these energies and move them in a way that's going to work better for you, to serve you, to see that you can take something that we could look at as negative and now use it in a fun, playful, uplifting way that we could consider positive. The key is it's moving the energy in a way that's more healthy or uplifting rather than destructive and working against ourselves or other people. That's really the main point that I'm trying to make in that. And that's where my stupid jokes come from is, is that. I'm giving away my secrets now that I've done all these things over the years, but people are catching on with my little tricks of the trade, so I'm just I guess I'm revealing them now. <laughs> so have fun with it. Take your negativity and find a positive, fun, playful, uplifting way to express it. It'll do you and everybody else around you a lot of good. Okay. <laughs> when you guys write questions and read it back to yourself so that you can correct your punctuation... <laughs> grammar. It's really hard. Oh, you're going to get feedback now that you oh got your God. microphone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In the meditation this now, I had an experience that I was in an area surrounded by 
mountains. All the mountains started rumbling and breaking apart and falling to the ground. It was a combination of earthquake, avalanche, and eruption. People were running away and screaming. I heard a voice saying, how is she benefiting from this? Who is the she, and what is the meaning of this experience? It's about you. It's about the person. And it's telling you that your world is falling apart. The world that you've created and that you keep trying to hold together in, in your consciousness and in the world around you is falling apart. And you've just got to let it crumble and move on and not try to rebuild it and not try to maintain it or you know, keep it alive inside of you. That's very, very important. Is this microphone okay? Yeah, because I took it out of my pocket. So someone's just sharing that Jim sharing today brought tears to his eyes and he felt it very important to keep hearing your loving. And thank you because he's acknowledging that it does take time. So it, he, he appreciated hearing you share about that. Good. Thank you. Yeah. I know it's funny because it's the truth. None of us want to hear that it takes time. I certainly didn't. <laughs> you didn't. <And>, um, <laughs> That's the truth, and that's probably why those of us who've been doing this a long time, it is nice to hear it, because we often will judge ourselves, like, why, why am I getting this sooner? Type of th I mean, I know, I hear that all the time from people, and, you know, me too, I wanted it really fast, so. So we have 18 more to go, and they're wow. still coming in, just an Holy FYI, cow. there's a okay, lot so coming slow in. Down. Stop talking okay, so we'll just stop doing the long-winded <laughs> answers. There's a lot. <laughs> we did our scenic route. Now we'll just go one, two, three. Okay. We're going to have to read faster okay. if we're going to get through this. Hi. <laughs> Hi there. So grateful all that you're all there. Thank you so much for sharing today, Jim and Brian. Question. In meditation, when I see my face in the lake of reflection, in self-realization, is there an action here that helps to move beyond self-realization? Chanting the names and continuing to open to God's loving question mark. No, there's no or, question mark. That is the answer right no. there. There's no or. The only answer is chanting the sacred name of God. That's it. That and is the up. that is the answer right there. That is the only thing that'll get you through the lake of reflection in that cosmic mirror beyond the self and in the soul. Okay. So she said, or is it to remain quiet in the stillness and allow myself to know God while seeing myself or both? No. Okay. I say that because when you look at yourself in the mirror, you will mislead yourself because that's what the self will do. The ego will mislead always. The only way to not let the ego mislead you is to chant the sacred name because you have to sacrifice the self. And the only way to do that is by chanting the sacred name because that is the only way that literally you can allow God to now take you because God has to take you beyond that stage. You may be able to get, you may, most people can't, but you may be able to get yourself to that point on your own. But to get beyond that point, you have to have God. And there's only the sacred name by which you can get God to go beyond that point. 
I've come to see my own face many times in meditation. After hearing the sharing today, a new yearning to go beyond self-realization has sparked in me. Awesome. Excellent. That is great. Especially if you've seen yourself many times. That's letting you know you are getting to know yourself, which is really good because this opportunity of learning our lessons is by looking at self. That's self-study. But at, then when we get to that certain point, like we've talked of today, we have to now just surrender and let it all go and let God now bring us the rest of the way. That's why meditation is number one. The next one, I do hear a tone or sound in both of my ears simultaneously all the time. It is running in the background even and balanced. All I have to do is make myself aware of it. Jim and Brian mentioned many times regarding the spiritual meaning of that sound stream. At times, though, it can get much louder just for a few moments in one of the ears, as if it wants me to pay attention to something. Is it what it is? Signal of some sort? Does it make a difference whether it is in the right or left ear? Well, you really want to hear it in the right ear more than the left at first because that is a helper, an indicator for you that you're focusing more inward and upward. The right side is an inward and upward flow and the left side is a down and out flow. So uh, if you're hearing it in both ears, it just means that you're, you're aware of spirit in both levels and in some faction but you really want to stay focused more on the right. It's when we get into the soul realm, then we definitely may, may hear it in both ears because there is no positive and negative. There is no imbalances, if you will. And uh, it's just a straight and narrow path. It's surround sound then. Which is true. So to answer the other part I heard him ask, yes, I shared about that years ago that that ringing in the ear like that comes out of the soul realm. And one time Spirit took me up on that sound when I left the body here and it just took me right on up that sound all the way right into the top of the soul realm. So the way they described it is very good. That's exactly how it happens and I hear it myself. Yeah. Aloha. They must be from Europe. <laughs> Not sure if you should read this first sentence. <laughs> Not sure if any of it is worth reading. Alrighty then. <laughs> I don't get to pre-read this stuff, you guys. <laughs> okay. Yesterday I had a vision from the time 11 years ago when I saw a stone being rolled away from the cave I was in. Yesterday, I felt a light energy body moving around and over me. That's exactly what I was talking about today. The stone is here. This is the tomb. So that to me says when you first had that 11 years ago, it's saying to me that was the next stage of your greater spiritual awakening. Whether it's when you just started the spiritual path or if it's been many years, it doesn't matter to me. It is saying that that's when the door really opened for you to begin the spiritual journey in earnest, is what that tells me. So good job. That's really awesome to hear. 
I really don't care the timeline or when it is. What matters is that it happened. And that's the big key there. So that's really wonderful to hear. Okay, and then it continues. Last night I dreamt I was swimming, and while in the water I fell asleep. <laughs> Next thing I woke up as a huge wake, I think wave, as a huge wave hit me, and I was spinning around in the total darkness, not knowing which way to go for the light as the sky was dark. I was not afraid, but felt calm with it. Next thing, I was driving a big rig 18-wheeler sideways along a wall. Sorry. Along <laughs> <laughs> a wall with the... I know these experiences are wild, aren't they? With the ground below me, the gravity should have made it fall over, but it just kept moving really smoothly along the wall. Any meaning to this, or should I go for my HGV license? I have no idea what HGV license <laughs> I don't is. Either. But, <laughs> um, that is awesome. That to me is describing literally swimming is this creation. When it's dark, it's in the physical creation. This creation is literally the water world. It is a lake of reflection. So you're describing wonderfully swimming through this ocean of life, the lake of reflection that the soul is in. And when the, that's what this world does. The waves knock us around. They confuse us. We don't know what's up or down. It moves us around. That's what this world does to us. And that describes exactly what happens to the soul in this world and why it's so confusing and why so many souls are stuck here. And that's why it's so important, again, having that guide, the way shore, the sacred name anchored in our consciousness. One, it stabilizes us. Two, it gets us centered and anchored into the spirit of who we are. And three, it lays out the straight and narrow pathway. You get all those, those, na those waves may rattle you, and they may knock you around, but you'll always know where to come back to your center, where to find yourself. So to me, that's a perfect description what they wrote in there about what's happening with the soul on its journey through this creation. And as far as the 18-wheeler and all that, I... Um, I don't know exactly other than if you're if it's riding on a wall and the gravity's not pointed down, that tells me that you're starting to lift above the karmic gravitational pull that would hold it down on the ground. And to me saying that it's an eighteen wheeler saying how large it is, so that tells me that it's you're getting freer and freer, you're lightening up literally the load, pun intended, of that eighteen wheeler. So that says, that says to me that that karma is starting to get lifted. And it's just a matter of time before it'll probably just dissolve. you have anything more to add? Well, on the wall, to me, represents a steadiness of direction. Uh, rather than letting the gravity pull her down or him down, it's the wall is holding you steady and keeping you moving in a direction. And that's very good. Thank you both so much for being available to answer questions and share so freely so often. It's so appreciated. I have loved the search for who am I, where did I come from, and where am I going that you have posed over the years. The thread that I have been contemplating lately seems to be the who am I. 
Jim, in the book, The Knowing of God, you speak about the primary attributes of God, such as love, power, joy, enthusiasm, peace, etc. And then you have said recently in a sharing that you look first to the aspect of God, you look first to the aspect of God you're with when you are talking with someone. Are these the attributes or aspects you're speaking of? Yes. And are these the qualities of the soul that we are? Yeah. When I'm talking with someone, I look to the seat, their seat of the soul, and I'm aware of kind of where they're at on their inner journey, if they're on it. And one of the aspects of God will appear, and it'll tell me they're in their state of peace, or they're learning about peace, or they're learning about grace, or learning about self-loving, that type of a thing. So he continues, like I, like am I as soul the attribute or aspect of God that is joy, and then within that joy is all of God's qualities. Yeah, that's very well put. It really, usually it's loving, and then out of loving yeah, comes everything. Mm. That's really the truth of it, because the soul is loving. We are the aspect of loving that is God, but in the loving is everything that is all those aspects. So I would say more you're, you're discovering loving and you're beginning to witness that which you are, which is maybe the joy. And then he said, like, are we one primary attribute? But no. in that is all of it. No, we're not the one primary attribute. If anything, the attribute would be loving. We are the loving. And then we are to experience all these different attributes of God and express them because that's what we're here to do. And that's what our beingness is, is all about. The thing of it this way, the soul is made in the likeness of God. So inherent within the soul is all of the qualities of God. And we, the soul, are meant to experience all that is within us because that's all that's within God. Now, given I understand the person's question, so to answer the other part of what they're asking, will we be focused more on maybe one attribute than others at a time? Yes. yes. But does that mean that is you? No. It means your lessons are learning about that attribute of God for whatever period of time. And then when you have fulfilled the lesson, you move on to the next and then the next. So good question, and hopefully those answers... Uh, we gave help clarify that because it's all there for all of us to experience all of it. And yeah, we'll be focused on one um, more than another at a certain given time to learn the lesson. So when we're in that, we may think we are that aspect. When in truth, we're just learning about and fulfilling that aspect because we're focused into that for our learning at that period. Should I keep reading or not? Yeah, sure. There's... I think you've answered it, but I just want to make sure it all gets answered for this okay. person. So he says, like how you have shared about the hologram and how within the one mm -hmm. piece is the whole, yep. right? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if you can share in a way that ties these together, which you did. It seems as if there is something of a thread of truth that goes through all these ways you've talked about these things that might help me. And that thread of truth is love. Loving. Like Jim said, out of love is all of the attributes. Beautiful. 
Okay. Next, during meditation, I had two experiences. I would love your explanation and clarity. First, I am being flooded with water from up above. As the water starts to rise up my body and up to my neck and face, I start to get somewhat afraid. The water continues to rise over my head. I begin to try to stay above the water, but I surrender and let go. As I do, I gasp for air and feeling that I'm going to die. But when I take a breath, I realize I'm able to still breathe. (laughs) I'm able to breathe underwater and I'm not dead. After coming out of the meditation, I have an interesting feeling, sensation of breathing now, and I know my breathing, but feel separate from it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second, shortly after... Well, let me, let me answer that first. Sure. That's a very significant part of the spiritual journey, because that's letting you know that you're beginning to overcome the illusion of death. We and think of the world. Of, yeah, that we can't breathe underwater, well, physically we can't, but in that fear that's inherent in an animal nature, that's part of what keeps the soul entrapped here. Once the soul realizes it can breathe underwater, in other words, nothing can kill it, well, one, you start overcoming the fear of death, but what that is letting you know that you're free. Nothing, you know, nothing can hinder you. So if you can breathe underwater means this creation of time and space the lake of reflection cannot drown you anymore where before when we live in fear that we can be drowned that fear is what keeps us caught up in here so when you start that's that's one of the big stages of getting over the fear of death is learning that you can breathe underwater like that it's a big step in the soul's freedom in getting liberated okay so the second the second meditation experience. Shortly after, a being figure shows up in front of me wrapped in a soft pink cloak. The being has no face. That's the aspect of loving. It's, it's, it's your own soul's aspect of loving showing itself to you. Wrapped in pink, the pink is the loving. And there is no face because there is no person there. It's a beingness. Mm. And so right now you're witnessing the beingness. Eventually, through that, you'll see the face of God. But right now, it's just the beingness of who you are as a soul. And there is no person. There is no personality. There is just beingness. Thank you both so much for today's sharing. From the moment you started to speak, today's talk has felt very sacred to me. Thank you. Yeah, it's Jesus' birthday. (laughs) I'm sorry, the Christ's birthday. (laughs) Because that lives within us all. Oof, this one's long. (laughs) Sorry, I was mic'd. In the past week, I have been awakened in the morning with frustrating dreams that I think may have a theme. Usually something is blocked from happening or I can't find something. They also include people from my past and the idea of being late. It is unusual for me to have such frequent frustrating dreams. 
In the first, I was going for an appointment with my former counselor and took off too late, so knew I might be late for the appointment. I was riding a bicycle and found myself in an area that I did not know and did not know how I got there. And I could not find my way to the appointment, so I had to call and cancel. In the next, I went to a restaurant with some people and was impressed that my childhood girlfriend and her spouse were in this group, but did not recognize anyone else. We came earlier to the restaurant, but there were no waiters or waitresses to serve us. We waited for over two hours, and then the restaurant became full, and several people, sorry, full, and several wait people were present, but our order was taken last, which frustrated me since I was, I'd been there first. Then there was nothing on the menu that I could eat, vegetarian or chicken, so I left to complain to manager, who seemed not to pay attention, so I sought out another who stated going to the other restaurant would have been better. I distinctly remember feeling I had violated the social distancing requirements by being in a group. I heard the statement for the first... I heard the statement the first shall be the last and the last shall be the first. The last was that I was taking someone to the airport but remembered that I forgotten my wallet so I did not have my driver's license but decided to leave it so I would not be late. Then I could not find the person to pick him up and he also had, for and had for also forgotten my phone so I had no contact with him. Finally, we got into contact and he had to find another way to the airport and had to pay for a ride. So I told him I would reimburse him for part of it. I know this is a bit long, but I would appreciate insight in all of this. Thank you. For me, if those were my dreams, I would interpret it this way. It's telling me to pay attention that I haven't been paying attention and just running through life, trying to make it all work, trying to bring it together, whatever, but I'm not paying attention and maybe uh, choosing how to move in the world rather than just frantically moving and, and getting off track, so to speak. Um, so I would look at it that way is pay attention and make some choices in your life so that you get back on a track, back into a routine that will move you forward in a simpler way, a smoother way, and set a direction or a course for yourself so that you can do that. That's how I would interpret it for myself. I like what you're saying because I didn't get any clarity as far as information, but as Kelsey was reading it, I could feel spirit just collecting and collecting and collecting, like pulling itself all together. Mm -hmm. And so in hearing you share that was nice because to me, that's where meditation, it collects our soul all together and it simplifies and focuses us. Whereas if we're too scattered, especially you know in our world, let alone in our own thoughts and feelings, that'll scatter then all that energy of spirit. So the more we can focus it into meditation, it helps collect us and pull us together. One, just so we really wake up more spiritually, but two, then it'll help give us an awareness of the direction to go. Mm. 
to what's going to best serve our soul in this journey rather than just scattered all over the place. And we'll discover what's really important to us. Just like in the restaurant there, you know, you only know those certain people because maybe that's all that was important to you. So to me, those people in the restaurant, whatever they symbolize to you is maybe an indicator of what's important to you and all the rest doesn't really matter. And so stop paying attention to all the rest. Just focus on what's important. I was in a house I didn't recognize with my boys. All of a sudden, we realized it was filled with smoke and that there had been an electrical short. We called the fire department, and they came out and put out the electrical problem. But when they were done, everything was wiped clean. The pictures on the walls were just empty frames. The walls were painted a very neutral but not pretty color of a pack not a pretty color, kind of a patchwork job in a dark mustard color. I went outside and realized there were two different large extensions to my house that I never knew existed. One had tons of old children's clothes, toys, games, and was completely filled, overloaded with stuff. There were two young men who were living there, and I asked what they were doing there, and they said they've been living here for over eight years without my knowing and rent-free. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of the extension was basically a whole house with a brand-new modern addition, and there was a couple living there, and they also said they've been living there for years. I had, of course, no idea whatsoever any of those things were happening. I felt helpless that I couldn't evict them. The two young men, probably 25 or so, worked for a dirt plant and lived off of a sand dirt road that had large trucks coming and going like it was a factory for dirt or sand. Towards the end of the dream, I was going to try to find an attorney to see if this all if this is all covered by homeowner's insurance and to help me evict these people and get my property back. <laughs> well, to me, it's saying that these areas is what have been as unconscious. Karma is always unconscious. So the house represents our consciousness. So these other parts of the house or extensions of the house were are part of your consciousness that you were just unconscious of. Now that you're waking up and becoming conscious of that, and all the stuff there is symbolic of all the karmic lessons that you've been unaware of or unconscious to. But now that you're waking up and becoming aware or conscious of it, is saying to me now that the lessons are going to get worked out. Mm -hmm. And lessons or karmas always deal with law, karmic law. That's why the attorney. So that tells me that you are taking responsible actions to handle legally or the karmic law what you need to do to get those karmas done. So overall, without going into all the different details and stuff, I'd say that's really excellent. That's a good example 
of an initiate walking this pathway that is waking up and starting to clear the karma. And you're also seeing there's a lot of karma. I mean, those extensions of the house with all the stuff is all the karma that's been in the unconscious, but now it's getting an opportunity to get cleared out. And the fact that they've been living there that long is letting you know these things have been running in your unconscious for many years. And that's what karma does, let alone lifetimes. And I would even say the other, beyond the extension, the new house, if I understood that, mm -hmm. also tells me that that's showing you that as you move through these old karmas, you've got something new waiting for you as well. Even though there's some oldness in it, um, it tells me that as you learn the lessons in these old karmas, you're going to begin to experience a new state of consciousness that the new house symbolizes. And then the people in the new house um, also can represent some of the karmic lessons in the newness, which will be more uplifting. But also the very beginning of the dream there, of the smoke and fire and all that, is, is also saying that's a cleansing. Call it purification by fire that then in the cleansing as it was being cleaned up is like wiping the slate clean. And that's what we're doing spiritually. It's, the Holy Spirit is often rep represented as a flame that'll come in, whether flame or water or wind, will come in and clear things. And it's in that clearing that wipes the slate clean now that gives us the opportunity to now step forward in new ways, to do things differently to really change now. A lot of times we'll try to change, but we're so hung up in all of our own patterns, we can't seem to make the changes in our life we want to. But if you really do the meditation, the grace of the Holy Spirit will come in and help you clean up and clear the karma. As that karma gets cleared, you're able to now truly make changes into something new and different. And that's what I'd say this inner experience is symbolizing and representing that you'll more than likely start to see changes in your life as you keep doing what you're doing and these karmas get cleaned up and move into what's next. The, I mean, those, it seems, I know these inner experiences can seem kind of wild or bizarre at times, but believe me, once you start understanding just even a little bit of the symbolism, it'll start to make sense. Hopefully what we're sharing helps to make sense of a lot of these things. Do you have anything else to add to it? No, that's very well put. Hi, Jim and Brian. I've Hi. really, <laughs> I've really been wanting to hear more about soul transcendence as I continue on this path. I've had a vivid spiritual marriage experience, and I'm aware that I'm letting go more and more. Will you share about how soul transcendence is reflected more in the rest of a physical life for an initiate? Say that last part again. Will you share about how soul transcendence is reflected more in the rest of a physical life for an initiate? Uh, well, this is an area, I'll just say some general qualities that we talk about all the time. One, your life will simplify and you'll find more peace and focus and direction. Your life will have more meaning or purpose because you'll realize the meaning and purpose is to really wake up to God. That's what the soul transcendence part is. The more we wake up to God, the more meaning and purpose we have. And we'll understand that all of life, no matter what realm we're on or what planet, literally, 
all of life is serving us to learn, and as we learn more, that we're going to transcend. Because every level we go into, there's lessons for us there. As we learn and fulfill those lessons, then when we're done, we'll go on to the next one, the next, in the vertical way. So transcending, soul transcendence. We'll transcend through the different realms of consciousness because as we fulfill the lessons, there's always the next lesson, the next. And eventually we realize the purpose in all that is for the fulfillment of God. God learning about God through God's creation and God's beingness. The soul is loving and creative. The soul is that loving creativity of God and expression to experience all the other aspects of God's creation. So as we go through that, we're fulfilling God. It's God fulfilling God. And that's the purpose and meaning in it all. But we won't know that until we really transcend more into the spiritual and begin to witness and know that for ourselves. And then our physical lives, you know, may, may not change a lot, or we just may have really a greater inner state of peace and understanding, and our lives may quiet down, or our lives could even get busier. Like for me, my life started getting a lot busier because of the action of service. As I started finding that fulfillment and understanding now and that greater meaning and purpose in myself with God, then God, in a sense, moved me forward to now be of service, so I got much busier. My life is simpler because I have a very specific focus instead of being scattered all over trying to figure out what I want to do with life. It's like I've got one mission, so to speak, in life, and that mission is what fulfills me because of the purpose and meaning to it all that I know is for me to do. And that'll happen for all of us as we keep waking up more to God. We'll each find what that meaning and purpose is and to, to move forward in our own actions to serve our soul in awakening. And when we wake up to soul and we begin to go into realms of spirit, we'll find that overflow taking place where we'll begin to be of service to others in a greater way if we're still here in this level um, as we awaken. I'm fine with that. That's a really good answer. Okay. Hi, Brian and Jim. My question is, I lately have become aware that I feel disconnected from my physical body. It doesn't seem to be part of what I'm aware of. I seem to be vibrating just above my head where I don't have mind chatter or emotional sensations, all quiet, in a state of observation and being, just being present, actively engaging in this state of being, having from deep within a sense of joy, inner contentment and peace. Then something happens. I turn my focus to said situation and feel an unpleasant sensation in my body. I deal with whatever is in front of me to then turn to this peaceful state of being like I'm floating or daydreaming. Could you please explain what is happening? Well, you're experiencing what I described today in meditation of living more into that silence, that stillness, all of that that is of the soul. 
So you're learning to live here and here inside of yourself. And that's where the real true self is. The, the physical self, if you will, the, 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 the self, the first self, the ego self, and then the soul self, which is God. And so you're beginning to live more into that detachment, into that neutrality, into that place of peace. And then you're learning and realizing how the world is a distraction. It pulls us down. And we just have to learn how then to refocus and live here more, even in the midst of all the storm, keep pulling ourselves back up and into this place of peace. And she says, in this state of being, there is nothing to do or present. There is, there's just beingness. There, it, it really has nothing to do with the world, and we can't bring that into the world and bring it into to a place where the world will have peace. The world's going to do what it's going to do, and we just have to make a choice as to how we're going to live our life, either caught up in the world or caught up in spirit. The other question is, since the lockdown, I am not involved in outside life as before, but meditate and using LAF. However, I can feel an energy going on around inside of me wanting to hook in somewhere. My mind wants something to hook into, but with my state of being, it is now an option not to follow the mind all the time. Or do I, or if I do, I can course correct easier now. I don't want to go back to the old way once lockdown is finished. Can you maybe talk a little bit about this? Well, that's a lot of what we talked about today. It's really learning to live life differently and making choices in that so that we don't get caught back up in the world. The world is ever going to try to catch us and pull us, and we just have to make choices. And it's, I, I'm, like I said, I'm always giving things up to God. I'm going, no, God, this is yours. I am not going to let this pull me away. And the political game, the religious games, the money game, it's out there and it's running. And it's going to try to catch us up into fear, into anger, into frustration, into everything. And it's up to us to make the choice. Where are we going to live? Here in spirit or here in the world? And that's the choice and it's our choice. It's not the world's choice. The world just has a mission and that is to get us caught back up if if it can. And it's our choice to continue to live in the spirit. The spirit isn't going to try to pull you into spirit. The spirit is going to allow you to choose into spirit. It's a choice. And that's now where you're at. And so this this time of of detachment from the world, if you will, has given you an opportunity to really see the two in very vivid uh, conditions and situations to where it'll be easier to make a choice when you get out there. Thank you. I love you both so much. My heart is f overflowing for you. <laughs> Resurrection Ascension. When I came to class today, my general question was, what are the differences between resurrection, ascension, liberation, and soul transcendence, and the inner symbols, sounds, and experiences? You talked a 
about all of this today and answered a lot of it. Like Jim said, it was a lot. I know I'm going to have to listen to this talk many times. I would like to ask for clarification and any additions you could give me to assist me in knowing when I'm anchored in pure spirit and liberated. I'm really interested how the inner symbol sounds experiences during these events so I have the knowing. To me, resurrection ascension was when we are focused enough in and up to bring our focus to the seat of the soul. And then we have Sat Purush experiences in the soul realm since he is the master of the soul realm. This means we are anchored in the soul realm. Is this accurate? If not, what is the knowing of that anchoring? You have used the word anchored before, which is different than just getting to that realm. Um, I'm hesitant to give some of those answers because I know what people do with that. I'd rather have somebody have the experience and then ask us about their experience. But in a general way that I will share is that there's a sun at the top of every realm. Just like right here in the physical level, there's a sun. The door is open and round. That sun looks much like our physical sun. And there's, there's a sun at the top of every realm, the astral, the causal, the mental, etheric, and the soul realm too, and even beyond. That sun is God at the top of each realm as God has extended God's self through every realm. When you go into that sun at the top of the realm, that means you're anchored in that realm. So that's what I'll say. The other symbols, I'm not going to say, because you'll, your mind will hook in and create all kinds of shit that'll take you off track. So I'm not going to say that. If you want to come to us and ask a question, if you have a direct inner experience, then we'll have a conversation but I'm not going to put that out as general information other than what I'm saying now. Because the information I'm saying now is true for every single soul. Because each soul can have different symbols according to its lessons in its journey. So I don't want to do that. But generally, every name of God we give you, we say is the Lord of a realm. The Lord of the realm will appear as some sort of a sun, not always golden yellow, Sometimes it'll be different, like you've heard us over the years say the sun on the mental realm will be blue. I've seen the one in the etheric realm with different rainbow rays of light outside of it. And so the sun can appear differently on each of the realms. But basically in the soul realm up, it'll be more of a golden white light. So when you go into the sun, you're anchored on that realm. The sun is also a doorway into the next realm. So... When you pass through that, you're both anchored on the realm. You just finished traveling and transcending through, and you're beginning now the journey through the next realm. Anything more you want to well, add to it? And with soul transcendence, soul transcendence is resurrection and ascension. There's no difference. Mm -hmm. Soul transcendence is that. And from there, I don't have much else to say because that's... That's the key, soul transcendence. And soul liberation, I think. This and, is yeah, soul liberation. 
That's kind of that's her second question. Soul transcendence and liberation to me are just two different words for liberation since transcending the soul would be liberation beyond soul into spirit. Is this accurate? Correct, yes, it no. is accurate. What are the symbols, sounds, experiences of knowing you are liberated? Who, what, light, sound of liberation? That I already answered. And I'm, I'm not going to say, well... I'll say this. When you go beyond the soul realm is when you'll experience going into the ocean of loving. When you go into that, you'll know. So there you go. You can't make that up. You can try to make it up. It's not going to make one bit of difference. But again, this is why a lot of the details we don't want to say because we know the mind. Believe me, we get a lot of people sending us I had this and that or whatever was sat perush and it, it's not accurate at all. And that's where we have to be careful because people will make all kinds of things up. If you really just do the meditation the way we prescribe it, you will wake up. You'll have the inner experiences that you're meant to have. And that's really all that's needed. All the rest is just details. And the details we cover, like I just said, in, in a general sense, but if we go into too much, one, it gets to be a distraction. People try to create it in their mind and imagination, and then it's not real, and it's a disservice. That's why you hear say, focus on the sacred name. We give you the golden, white, and purple light, and the blue and pink, but really the purple and golden white, and you focus on that, and if that's all you see, that, that's fine. That's, if you're seeing that, you're right on track. And whatever happens beyond that, well, that's what all the things you're hearing in the Q&A, because these are all the things that happen in the journey, whether it's a dream full of symbols or whether it's a direct inner experience. And the other reason I'm hesitant to say, well, the main reason is what I already said, because I don't want people creating things in their own mind, but two, when you really go into the levels you're talking about in the soul realm and beyond, you'll know. You won't have the question. And other than maybe a question like, oh my God, was this for real? But yet at the same time, you'll really know. But if it's just a question, what are the signposts along the way so that you can kind of create it, that's what I'm trying to really avoid in the way I'm answering the question right now. But you did talk about the resurrection from the cave. So when that door opens that we are in meditation with, you see the door and you know it's open and then you can go out. That's the resurrection. We've been born into the cave and we've been in the cave all this, these years. When that door opens and you open the door, in a sense, through your meditation and your chanting, and it opens that door, that cave opens up, and that tomb that we're in, we come out of, and that means that we're resurrected. Now the soul is free and resurrected out of the tomb to begin to have the next level of its journey. And that's what this is really all about. And that would be the ascension. That would be the ascension as we move up. And the part I'm avoiding answering 
is come back and ask the questions when you have the experience, and then we'll go into greater detail. Mm. But I'm not going to give out the details before that. I already have. We already have given out a lot of details, even though they may seem more general. Believe me, when you have them, they're not general at all. <laughs> we told you guys this pathway may sound simple, and in the simplicity, too many people won't hold in there long enough with the focus because they get bored because everybody's looking for all the phenomena and the details, but yet that's the very thing that distracts you from really waking up fully. That's why you've got to just go for the simplicity and just look for the inner sun on each level. Just look through the inner light, listen for the inner sound, chant the sacred name. Just do it over and over. Even if you're out of body and you're having an amazing experience, you're going to come back to the same thing. Even when you're out of body, you're going to focus at the seat of the soul, no matter what level of consciousness you're in. You're going to always look for that inner light to the next level, and you're going to chant the sacred name. Because that knowing is inside the soul to always look to the next light and to always listen for the next sound and always chant the sacred name to love God. That's inherent within the soul. When we actually initiate somebody and give them the sacred name, we're not really giving them anything. We're actually, well, we are, but we're actually awakening that which is what's already within the soul. The part that we're giving is the extension of grace that is already there for everybody. Here's why it's so weird to talk about it here. God coming to us and us going to God are really one and the same. It's one action. To try to, to, try to describe it in this world of duality, is God coming or are we going? It's both simultaneously. So to say, are we giving you the sacred name or are we just awakening what's already inside of you? Is it coming or going? What's first, the chicken or the egg? It's all simultaneous at the same time. It's just when we're ready, it ignites. It begins to awaken. Initiation is the igniting of that awakening process for the soul now to remove all the covers and the veils that have hidden it from the truth. And it is that igniting then of uh, the sacred name being placed with the soul that that awakening and remembering action does take place so not only is God's grace extended, it's really that the soul is finally accepting God's grace. So it's one and the same all at the same time. It's just we don't understand that until we really waken more into the oneness. Until then, it's a process of coming and going and God and us that appears separate and dual, dual in nature. And that's how it is in this creation until we get into the soul realm and the realms of spirit, then it's no longer a duality. She ends by saying, if I have to come back, it will happen and that's okay. But many times I have glimpses, feelings, experiences of being so free and know I'm going home, but that doesn't last always. Oh, it never does. That's always <laughs> been my biggest complaint. I can sit there and meditate for hours, and if I'm lucky enough to get out of body, you know, that day, I'll have an experience, and it could be over in seconds or minutes. It's, it's amazing when it goes beyond minutes. <laughs> All right.
right, next one. I dreamed I had been given a ring and was told by many that I had to marry someone I could not relate to nor wanted to be with. I felt resolute in my decision to say, no, it will not happen. It felt like something beyond physical. Is there more you can share about this dream? Thank you. I'm not real sure. Yeah, because the reason why we're looking at each other, at least for me, that dream could go two ways. Because we often talk about the spiritual marriage where that is a coming into union. But when I hear it stated the way that it's stated, to me it sounds more like a reflective process in the world where karmically there's an energy trying to keep you connected or married into the world. And to me, you're being resolute not going to do that tells me that you're not going to engage that karma in the world because you're making spirit more important than that. Mm. And that's the way I would read that, is that you're choosing not to be married to the world or what you thought you wanted, whether it's literally a physical marriage or relationship or being married to anything in the world. It's a karmic attachment. And when you're resolute not to have that, is saying you're willing to give that up and make God first. Soul is forever, question mark. I thought eventually soul would not be and only spirit would be. It's one and the same. I thought only spirit would be forevermore. It's one and the same. Our soul merges back into spirit and we become one in spirit. <clears throat> but we are an essence of God that has lived in the soul and we take that back into spirit with all of our learning, all of our experience. It's where, this is where it gets funny to try to really answer. Yeah. <laughs> I know those are missed, again, there are so many misinterpretations and misunderstandings of spirituality because of so much limited understanding or experience that a lot of people have had, but yet they write about it and profess it as spiritual or they know it now. And really, there's very few that really have the full understanding. And, and why am I saying that it sounds judgmental? Well, sure, you can make it sound judgmental, but I'm also making a statement that I have experienced it fully, so I do know. And I'm not going to lie that I don't. So when I hear a lot of these things, I know that it's a misunderstanding and a misinterpretation from somebody who has not had the full experience, so they can't give you the full education, so to speak. So when I hear that, which I've talked about many times before, that just tells me somebody's doing it on a belief system or they've heard something they think is a certain way and it's not, I'll tell you right now, it's not that way at all. Who you are as an individualized consciousness, the knowing that you have right here now is who you are and ever will be. That awareness that you have, the awareness is the I am. That I am that you are, that is aware, is true in existence in every single realm, creation, and all of beingness. So who you are is who you are just as a body. 
Who you are is who you are as the soul. Who you are is who you are in the beingness of God. So it doesn't matter if you're in God, in your soul, in your body. That awareness of who you are is who you are. It's just a state of awareness. Right now in the physical, I am aware that I'm in the physical. When I'm in the soul and the soul realm, I am aware that I am the soul and the soul realm. When I am literally in my oneness with God, I am aware that I am one with God. So it is the I am that is aware of itself in everything, no matter what that is, whether it's God directly or individualized in the body. When I merged into God, I knew who I was as who I am, and I knew God as God is in my oneness with God, where there's no separation. I and God are one. But I knew who I was, and I knew who God was, and I know that we are one, and it's one and the same. But I am not God, but yet God is me, but I am one with God. See, it's confusing to the mind. <laughs> That's what people do. They try to make it, oh, I'm going to lose myself when I merge into God. You don't lose yourself at all. All you do is awaken to the greater self that you are a part of, that you are one with. But you know yourself as the drop in the ocean, and that drop in the ocean that you know yourself as also knows the oneness of the ocean that you are a part of. But nobody's going to understand this yeah. until you actually go into the experience yourself. And then it'll make sense. And you never can work the mind and have it understand it. But I will say this. You will never lose yourself. You are never not yourself. Your true self. Never. You never lose that. You know who you are in just greater and truer ways is what happens the higher you go and the more you merge into that greater oneness. You just know yourself more fully. You don't lose yourself. You find yourself in much greater, greater ways. So all that other stuff that's out there, which unfortunately there's a lot of it, is a, it, it's, how can I say it nicely? Limited. It's limited. I'm trying to be nice instead of the mean son of a bitch. Oh, that like was I beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> Let me keep talking. <laughs> I had three visions. I wasn't sleeping or dreaming. I laid down for bed, and the first thing came to me a dog. Second, a baby came to me. There wasn't any emotions with the first two. My third vision, I was above the clouds falling. When I got past the clouds, I saw the ocean. It was beautiful. Insight on these visions. Thank you. Do you want to take a turn or you want me to keep no, going? No, go ahead. Uh... Basic self, animal nature, dog, baby, often same thing, inner child. That's part of the animal nature. It's just the higher state of evolution. But those are all the things we need to come in touch with to enter the kingdom of heaven 
we must become like little children. So that, that baby is the state of consciousness we want to go into. And the fact there wasn't a lot of emotion or anything t tells me about the neutrality. But then, can you read the second part of that again? Actually, read the whole thing again, if you would. I had three visions. I wasn't sleeping or dreaming. I laid down for bed, and the first thing came to me, a dog. Second, a baby came to me. There wasn't any emotion with the first two. My third vision, I was above the clouds falling. When I got past the clouds, I saw the ocean. It was beautiful. So to me, that's also saying that when you rise above this physical creation, you see the beauty of all things. To me, falling back through the clouds is saying that you were at a higher place. You could recognize more the beauty of having risen above it. But then the falling, well, whenever the soul comes back to the physical body, there's always going to be the sense of falling because the truth is we in our soul consciousness now, as long as we're going to come back to the body, have to come back to it. So in that coming back, we've got to now descend back through the realms, back into our consciousness here. So to me, the falling back through the clouds and then that ocean, to me, the clouds are that which blocks us from the greater truth of the sun of the soul. But when we are above those clouds, meaning more, we're more awake to that light of our soul, when we come back down through, saying we're coming back now, back into the physical consciousness and creation, and so when you came through the clouds, you started to enter back more into the physical, which is into the state of mind, and the ocean, or the top of that we call the ocean of life, which is like the top of the mind, which is the top of the physical creation, so that you're beginning to come back into the physical creation. But because of that heightened state of consciousness and awareness, you now see it from the beauty of the soul, which is looking through the eyes of loving. And when you bring that back with you, that is the loving that transforms then all the karmas that we have below the clouds, so to speak. And that's what we do in meditation. We lift up, rise above it all, and the more we go up higher, the more loving we have. So when we come back, that greater loving now helps to dissolve more of the karmas. And it's back and forth, back and forth, until eventually we're fully awake, and then all the loving now comes back with us to really clean up the karmas until we're really done. And then there will be a day where we go up above the clouds and keep on going and don't come back. If I choose cremation at the end of my physical life, does this, does this have any effect on my soul's ascension to spirit and God? What can be shared on this? It has no effect, but I would say it does free the soul quicker. Oftentimes, when the body is buried, it and, and people are mourning us, that energy can pull us back into wherever we're, we're, our body is at and hold us back in the world. And even if you've already gotten up into the soul realm, that energy can reach back up and draw us down. But with cremation, the energy is dispersed and you've, there's nothing left down here to pull you back down. Does 
that explain it right? Oh, yeah. I'm just laughing because I know what people do. Yeah. So everybody will start saying ILM recommends cremation, not burial. <laughs> so here we go. I don't recommend yeah. it. Here, do cremation and make sure you get your will done before you die. Yeah, make sure you get your will done before you get cremated. <laughs> <laughs> Getting your will done is taking responsibility for your life so that when you do leave, you're clearer and freer. And then, like Jim said, cremation, there's less to get attached to, especially if you spread your ashes because somebody can't go to a gravesite and keep grieving over you. That's <laughs> true. It is. It's true. And I'm saying it the way I'm saying it because I know a lot of people literally make rules and dogma and this and that and belief systems around it. And we don't want that. But, you know, we still give the information just so people hopefully will take that and, and do the best they can towards their freedom and liberation. So. Because, listen, I'm saying this because... If what is going to best serve the soul on getting liberated is to do burial and no will because that's the karmic lessons that has to go through, then that's what the soul needs to do. That's why I don't want anybody to take what we just said and now make it a rule because it's dealing with physicality, not spirituality. And that's why we're hesitant sometimes to answer questions like this dealing with the physical. So... There's my small print to giving answers like Jim just did. Otherwise, I'd be hesitant to answer questions like that. Okay. I'm just reading, all right? <laughs> hey, you mean son of a bitch. <laughs> Me? Yeah, you. Finally, somebody realized a nice guy is a facade. <laughs> I love you, and that energy is what I needed to make the biggest shift ever, so thank you. I want to share my gratitude as I am amazed at how well I'm being through this time in the world. I actually had to do the LAF on feeling guilty for feeling so good in this time. Disturbance is becoming my ally. My gratitude towards you as my teachers is beyond words. I'm in awe of how much you all love us and give us so much. I've never been so cared for as I am by the website, talks, monthly focus, counselings, and daily meditations. I am making my work to be disciplined daily with all that is shared so freely. As above, so below is becoming my life. I recognize I am at the very beginning of a new way of participating as a Hugh man. I love you guys and gal with all my heart and soul. No questions as I'm taking responsibility for my disturbances and move through it all more quickly than ever before. Just so much gratitude. Loving, learning, relaxing, surrendering, being. I know there's so much more and have peace in this as I know it's all here to serve my liberation and I am well. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate hearing that you took it the right way because believe me, I've had plenty of people <laughs> over the years not take it the right way when I've delivered messages <sighs> the way I did today. And thank you. It's nice to hear that because that was the reason for delivering it the way I did. So I'm really grateful to hear that it was, 
it did what it was meant to do. Good for you. (laughs) Really, good for you. And all the other kudos. I Listen, it's nice when people thank Jim and I and say they love us, it means a lot more to me when somebody's really doing the work and they've taken something such as this that has been very hard and challenging and has worked with it. That means more to me than somebody just giving lip service. And that's what I really appreciate. So whoever this was, thank you. It's very appreciated, all your thanks and your loving and all that. And I love it when somebody talks back with me the way you did, the being son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, they were talking, about, talking you. about you. That's right. <laughs> I like to play. And sometimes my playfulness could be a little crude or harsh for some people. So, <laughs> so we have three repeat, like people that have already written in, and so we have three more of people that have already... That's fine with me if there's not any new ones. If there's new ones, let's do those first. No, I've been doing all the new ones first. Okay, great. So we're left with three. We're good. We've got a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Experience. I was texting and went into this experience. Hello, wonderful light barriers. I am waking up today with... Adrenal overload, hangover, wishing I could just throw up and ball crying for an hour, but it's not happening. Have just gone through three days of total overload. My lawyer is a complete idiot and liar and does not listen. I have been going back and forth maybe 10 times a day besides learning how to make my first online test triple check and finish my recommendations for next year, plan for next week, and deal with over 100 emails. So this is a lot about the world. Yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't need all that. If there's a spiritual question or sharing Okay, give me a second because sure. it's long. Let yeah. me skim through here. Okay, this morning in meditation and journaling, I realized that those are the best birthday gifts ever because they are what I needed to do to complete whatever this karma is and go home this life. I feel the blanket of grace over me. I have nothing to fear because whatever comes of both situations, God's grace is with me and whatever the outcome, they will be the best for my soul. And that's true, because sometimes even if outcomes are really hard or negative, that sometimes can be the best thing for us, because that may be the thing that we need to walk through to get our karma done. And if what the person's going through right now is the hard part to go through, and that's what gets it done so things are easier and more peaceful, then thank God, you know, good for you for walking through it. And that's the key. You want to keep doing the spiritual work, the meditation, the LAF, and truly walk through and take the physical actions of responsibility that you need to take to complete your lessons. Better to do that than avoid. So that's good to hear. 
I finally got to the tears of gratitude in this moment. I know that everything that happens is not good or bad. It's just for my experience of growth into more, uh, in, to move into more loving. Mm -hmm. There is nothing but loving. I have never done anything wrong. It was all just experience and learning. That's it. Good awareness. Yeah. That's, That's great. great awareness. This morning I was sending light to everyone in the lawsuit and I actually felt loving, kindness, and compassion for me and all of them. Excellent. Okay. That's a great way to do the inner work. When we talk about physical things, what you just read there is to go inside and send loving and work with the LAF is really doing the spiritual work. And that's how you get free of those physical, mental, emotional attachments where we're in reaction. So good job. Prayer. I came from a religious background where prayer was a pleading or asking God. When you say asking God to help you with areas in your life, how does this differ from the older areas of asking for things? Oh, I'm sorry, older idea of yeah. asking. For when I pray, I lay things out to God and say, here's what's going on for me. Here's what I'm learning. Here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what I don't understand. Here's where I'm confused. And I am going to just offer this up to you now and ask you to come and be a part of it if you wish. Assist me if you can. And otherwise, do help me to learn what it is I'm to learn here. And uh, it isn't demanding of God. It isn't expecting of God. It is just asking God to be a part of my life and participate with me where he can. Dream symbology. Is there a talk on dream symbology? I recently listened to a talk by Jim in which he stated that symbols and dreams were a way of spirit communicating with us. This was in a talk about how he had talked about this at the Fetzer Institute. So is there a talk on dream symbology? There is, but I'm not sure where it's at. We had it out for a while. It's back in the 90s on cassette. On cassette. It's an old oh, one okay. in the archives yeah. that has never been digitalized or anything. Yeah. So that's a good one, and I've actually thought about that. There's actually a th three talks, three of Tuesday night classes in a row. And... Um, we have it in the archives, and one of our goals after the website is up and a few other things is to eventually uh, go through even our archives of old cassette talks and start getting more of those digitalized. It just takes time and the expense of it all. Um, and there's so few of us working. It's always we're just trying to keep up with things. But that is one of our hopes and wishes. Yeah. Um, it could be a few years, it could be a year. I don't know at this point, but that is one of the things that we are planning on doing is um, when we get to that point and have the finances and the time and the help to do um, is to literally go through, we've got several years of just cassette, old cassettes that need to be taken in somewhere to make them digital. And once they're digitalized, that's when we could actually post them on the website. Um, in a digital form and just 
be able to listen and stream or download just like we do all the other talks like we're doing today, the recording. So I know that's a big one, and if anything, that one will be at the top of the list when we, we get to that. And um, otherwise, I know we don't... Part of the reason we don't do a workshop on symbolism and all that, and even I remember because I was there for those classes when Jim did them, is... Jim, when he was sharing, he was helping each person understand that we each have our own unique symbols. We can't just say, this symbolizes this. Because the symbols, even though there are certain things that maybe generally could symbolize generally for several things for people, we're still going to have our own individualized symbols because we come from different life experience. Right. So it's hard to just say, here's symbols and learn the language of symbols, as you've called it, um, to interpret your dreams and experiences. Our hopes is that in doing Q&A, when we talk about people's dreams and experiences, that in just doing this on a regular basis like we do, like we've been doing this afternoon, that people in hearing that will begin to understand more and begin to learn how to interpret your own dreams and experiences to look at um, in what we're doing. And we have actually had some emails from some people over the years, um, especially recently, that have written in and have interpreted their own dreams and are actually doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, because they've heard us over the years share when we talk about people's dreams and experiences and the symbolism and all that. So... Right now, without those talks, it's just like, just like we did today. Keep listening, and you'll pick things up as we go along. And even when we are able to publish those talks, they'll, they'll help a little bit, but you'll still be left with a lot of questions because you'll go, well, what are my own symbols? And all? Well, I said, that's where you're going to have to write down your own dreams and inner experiences and begin to look at them and study them. It's part of self-study. And it's often in the study of them, that it's not trying to figure them out. It's more reading from a place of wisdom rather than mental figuring things out and let it, in a sense, reveal itself to you. And one of the ways Jim shared, and has over the years even, that even when you do have an experience and write it down, is even in reading it over later, it part of like a prayer time mm -hmm. is to ask God to reveal to you the meaning that is within those symbols and within the dream or experience you had is to literally ask spirit inside of yourself to reveal that to you. That's a, I remember one of the ways you yeah. shared about how to start learning to interpret your own symbols and your own inner experiences and dreams. Anything more you want to say about all that? Well, that's where I say every day and bring me clarity and understanding, wisdom and mm -hmm. truth. That's exactly it. So, clarity, understanding, wisdom, and truth. Your inner experiences as well as just in general. Yeah. <laughs> you get to apply that across the board in life, let alone just dreams <laughs> and inner experiences. So. Yeah, ask and you shall receive, and I know it's true. A good idea is a general one, like you hear us when we say, when somebody shares like they did today about a house, we say, well, that symbolizes your consciousness. And all the different parts of the house are different parts of your consciousness. That's a good general symbol, is like a house representing your own personal consciousness.
But again, general. It's a house. Because there are other experiences in spirit where you're in tall buildings that is not your own personal consciousness. That's literally different realms in spirit. <laughs> That's why, again, we don't give too much general because it's got to be in the moment for that person according to what's really going on. And the last one comes full circle with the first question. And he just wanted to thank you both for your masterful answers to the question that he posed about fear and death mm. and, you know, what's going on today. And he said it was really helpful for him. Great. And hopes that it was for others as well. That's great. Cool. So Thank you. Yeah, that's all like 20-something of them. Wow. Oh, is, hold on. Just a few minutes after six. A comment for Brian during Q&A. One more. Oh. <laughs> just came in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you want it? Sure. <laughs> I love you, Jim and Brian. I listen to your talks every day as I drive in lieu of meditation. Brian, I always appreciate your stand-up comedy approach to delivering information. <laughs> My favorite comedy routine was your talk in October 2019. Please keep the laughs coming. I enjoy it very much and certainly appreciate the jokes as well as the teachings. I am so grateful to be your initiate. I love you guys. Well, did you say what it was in October? I can only guess. You just the said sweaty I'll, butt crack. I bet I it think was. that's the <laughs> sweaty butt crack. <laughs> I think. Yeah, that is. one a lot of people remember. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> and that's a closing. That's yeah, the closing. There you go. I mean, there's one more funny thing. What? When Jim and Brian were talking about the cattle dream, I couldn't stop laughing. So this is the person from the first question about fear and death. Mm -hmm. Because my inner ear heard cow Narengin. Cow Narengin. <laughs> when they were explaining the imagery, <laughs> the vision of the cow stuck in the ditch seemed like a good symbol for him. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. See, there's good, good interpretation. So there's, there you go. There's also humor. That's yeah. right. That's it. Wow. Very awesome. good. We got a lot covered. Wow. All and I, right. I do want to say I am so grateful we're doing it this way we're, and that we're focusing on spirit. I am hearing more for the first time than ever before how people are really doing the inner work. And they also are doing the study, the self-study and I, it's just amazing to me and very rewarding because I'm hearing people now who are initiates that are really growing and practicing and doing and applying all this into their life and there's growth and there's movement. And so thank you all very, very much for giving back to us uh, your wisdom, your truth, your experience. It just helps feed us and what we're doing and gives greater depth and meaning to, to my life. Amen. Wow, well, thank you. How about that? Filled well, in all the, all the time and the blanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all very much for 
staying tuned and participating this way. This has been an excellent day. Very rewarding, a lot of fun. And uh, I'm just so grateful that we are doing it this way. With uh, Even if there's all this other stuff going on in the world, we're able to still participate and do this. So thank you. Amen again.